Hey friends, when we find things that we really dig, we definitely want to share them with you. And Boondockers Welcome is one of the coolest things that we've discovered while we've been on the road. All you have to do is pay a small annual fee and then you get access to staying with folks all across the U.S. And we have just been completely blown away by the instant community we found and we've made lifetime friends that have gone above and beyond with their kindness and their generosity. If you go to our website, protectyournoggin.org, you'll find a link there where you can sign up and we think you'll enjoy it and you can help support the podcast at the same time. All you need is an RV or a camper with a toilet and cooking facilities, and then you can stay for free all around the country. Give it a try. I don't think you'll be disappointed. And we hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Hey friends, we have met so many cool cats along the way, friends old and new, we'll discuss a little bit of that, but one of my former students, Carly, what a great, great student, what a great, great person. We met her in Denver, even though we originally had known each other in Seattle, and she's from Nevada. How's that for a triangulation, a triangulation of joy? As we were discussing with her our life on the road, this life of overlanding, this life of being nomadic, she was kind of interested and she asked us a basic question, how is this best done? And we realized there isn't a simple answer to that question. Various ways of life can be enjoyed along the road. If you're younger, older, how's your mobility? What do you want to accomplish? What we're going to do for you, friends, in the next two episodes is to discuss with you wisdom from the road related to the type of vehicles, the way of living on the road that you might want to consider. In other words, even though this is not our normal type of topic, we do believe it fits with our overall understanding of being free and emancipating ourselves from mental slavery. But you need friends to kind of help you get started. That is, if you're just going to go live in a vehicle on the road, there are a lot of things to consider. So we have got 12 things that you need to understand if you want to live on the road. And it's going to have to take two episodes to get all that done. So this is kind of an introduction to overlanding, but also in some ways to the spirituality of overlanding. What does it mean for us emotionally, spiritually, politically? That's going to be the first two. And then we're going to continue on with lessons we've learned from friends that we've met. Various friends have taught us very important things in the last few months that we want to share with you. Again, it's not normally the sort of show we do. If you are excited about this, then maybe you're only going to listen to us for four shows and then say sayonara. Hasta la vista. You're going to say goodbye to us. But if you are somebody who's primarily interested in our topics of religious wolves, religious trauma, religious abuse, and ways to overcome that, to educate against that and all that, then maybe you want to skip these. Who knows? Or maybe you just listen to the first 15 minutes and figure out if it's for you. But the main point is we're glad you're here. We're glad you joined us. This is really interesting to us because it is life transforming. That is, by just changing the way we think about what it means to live somewhere, what it means to engage other people, if we can just rethink that, so many other things become clear. So many other things become possible. And a gracious living with people that you've never met becomes something that you didn't expect and yet kind of just shows up on your lap as this joyful presence that we've experienced in Overlanding. So friends, buckle up. 
because we're going to go for a ride. Glad you're coming on the journey with us. Here we go. All ahead, one-third. All ahead, one-third. Aye, aye. Stand by to dive. Diving stations. Dive. Dive. Welcome, friends, to the Protect Your Noggin podcast. We offer lessons in outfoxing religious wolves. And sometimes we will address emotionally difficult subjects. So make sure you pay careful attention to our descriptions of each of the episodes. And then also have some resources handy, such as the Crisis Text Line. That's one of our favorites, which is 741-741. That's 741-741. Now, just take a deep breath because we're not afraid to go deep. But don't worry, because we'll also have some fun along the way. Our plan is to help us all resurface with insights and tools to help heal ourselves and our communities. So come along, because we got this. Right behind us is a canal with alligators. Isn't that crazy? Like, we, we... We're in Florida. Yeah, we're in Florida, sitting in the backyard of, of some very nice people. Super groovy. We're able to plug in and get air conditioning because it's still very humid. And um, we're, it, it has a, it's taken a little bit of a, a coolness here. But it's still very humid, so it's nice to have the AC to. And pretty warm for November. <laughs> as, as as our host said, it, it's basically still summer here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> which is great. what which is what you wanted, That's right? Why we came to Florida. A little extended summer. Just recently, we came up from the Keys. We'll discuss all of that. But today, we're talking about lessons that we've learned as we've been traveling. This is Wisdom of the Road, a multi-part series, part one. That's today, friends. Part one. Overlanding lessons. Now, where do we get this idea of overlanding, babe? Back when we were in Mexico, I think, right? We were hanging we were out hang- with Mauricio yeah. Parra and, and his wonderful wife, Abigail. And they had taken a trip, a three-month-long lo- three trip for their honeymoon. Down in Baja. Correct. And that's where um, they met... Ron and Gail Hodel, our, our friends who were living on a boat, yeah. who made their way to this place. And they said, when we, when we asked them about their trip, when they were living in their boat for a while, to, when we were asking Ron and Gail how did it go, they said, we met people that you'd really dig. There's this young couple from Ensenada. He's kind of the unofficial mayor of Ensenada. <laughs> now, the problem is he was too successful. I think this is his, uh, the, the big downfall for, for poor uh, Mauricio is, is that... Uh, his little operation called Nomada, mm-hmm. which is right up our alley. He was creating the best possible food. But one of the problems with and, restaurants is the rent. Right. And so basically what that idea is they set up at a winery for temporary, right? And or s- where have you, you know, anywhere. You know, for a few years. And then it's Nomada. So it's nomadic. They're going to you know, be nomads and go around to different locations. Um, Mostly open air stuff. Right. And but really great food. Some of the best food we'd had. But now, as we were hanging out with him. Then he got a call saying that the, I guess the big hotel coming into town wanted him to start a restaurant there. And he, he was excited. He was excited, but he a little bit He was honored, but nervous. then he realized that it had taken, it took him a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get his operation going how he had it. And to know that he would be going back down, you know, back up to big, long work weeks and stuff to make a go of it. 
um, if he were to and accept just, the offer. I, we don't yeah. even know. I mean, I'm sure he... Oh, I've been it following seemed it. Like it's just, it just becomes a different kind of thing. Instead of outside in a rustic setting, now it's in a really nice hotel setting. It changes it a little bit. Yeah. That's all right. But congratulations to him. It would be great, be great at him. some point to interview him <laughs> oh, yeah. see, and see talk how about that's the going. difference and see, uh, see what he's thinking. But he, he um, you know, he, by the way, friends, this is... This is travel travel tips, you know, a little bit on this show. But here's one for you. Even if you don't want to overland with us, um, get down. If you're in Southern California, if anywhere near there, get down to the Valle de Guadalupe. It is the most amazing wine country in Baja, California. It is it is uh, clean. It is safe. It is wonderful. There's some great pies along the way. There's even some Airbnbs you can do at wineries. Mm-hmm. So Totally cool way to go. But... This then takes us to Mauricio, and Abigail turned us on to a couple that we should meet. They said that was in Colorado at the time, yes. the Tuttles. And they do seasonal work uh, places and, and are able in their rig to live on that property while they're doing their, their – so river rafting was when we met right. them was they what they were up rubbing to. Rubbing their unimog the, with their kitty. They were about to close down for the season and move on because mm-hmm. the summer was end, coming to an end. Well, they totally got us excited about this thing, so about then, overlanding. They taught us you know, kind of the basics of it, and we interviewed them, and that was on a podcast from a couple years ago. On Virtue in the on Wasteland. On Virtue in the Wasteland, so we'll link to that on the show notes. Now, overlanding, what is it, though? <laughs> I don't know the official, but for me, it's it's basically living out of your vehicle yeah. in unconventional ways, maybe, uh, or creative ways, shall I say. It's living out of your vehicle. And that's what I really liked about what they had said to us. The idea is that even though some people really get into the nature of the vehicle, it doesn't quite matter. One of the things I was kind of pleased to find was that there are a good number of people using just regular old minivans and converting those and living in that, which is a really inexpensive way to go. Because you can get a 2,000-something right. uh, minivan, like a Dodge Caravan that we probably sold for 500 bucks. <laughs> and if you wanted to do like a VW bus... That's the classic. That's expensive, too. It'll be and rusty. They're, and they're very small when you get inside mm. them. In fact, it was strange because when we've sat inside one of those, they seemed smaller than our Delica, which maybe had about the same size mm. footprint. It I, just, think it was, I think the Delica was thinner. Right. Yeah. And it just, there was something about the way the Delica is shaped that it, it I don't know, it felt that it had more, more The Delica is a Mitsubishi. Less, claustro- less claustrophobic to me. Gray market Mitsubishi four-wheel drive, right-hand drive vehicle. We'll talk about all these things in just a moment, but what we're saying here is that when we got into this idea of overlanding, we realized you don't just have to be a cool kid with a sprinter van. Correct. You can do fact, this. That's a rather expensive way to do it. Very if you are fortunate to enough it. to have the funds to do it, then that's definitely better gas mileage than some of these vehicles. Easier to stealth. We'll get to all of this in a second when we when we get to what we're looking at. But the idea then is that overlanding has a couple advantages. One it's about exploring. And we think that spiritually, it's a really important thing for people to travel. Mm-hmm. That travel doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be far. And it could be just traveling in your community to meet people. Mm-hmm. And that process, however, opens our eyes up to different ways of thinking and being that can be very, very helpful. In fact, it's not just helpful. It's part of mental emancipation. When I meet people that see the world differently, I might disagree with them, but maybe... They give me an idea that I had never considered that could radically change my life 
and opened me up to a whole new set of possibilities. And that's what we found so far. And that's why we wanted to, friends, do this series. Today is going to be the least religious, (laughs) (laughs) although I think all of it's religion related to kind of the religion of Molech and money and power and all of this. The, The kids that we meet, and I say kids, they're all ages, but a lot of the young people millennials and a little bit older that are living in their vehicles are doing so as an act of political defiance in some ways. It is at least, if it's not overtly political, it's a way for them to not have to be tied in to the system. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're about. And in many ways, uh, what what we're trying to do here is is connect this today idea of something that we just think is a blast, fun, Mm -hmm overlanding with this idea of mental emancipation right emancipate yourself from mental slavery said bob marley that's kind of the (laughs) the reference the ethical life is helped by a low cost of living when you have high demands in terms of your 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 finances it limits your options not just limits your options it also forces you sometimes to take shortcuts or make compromises or bow the knee to somebody that you shouldn't because you have to pay the bills. Right. If you don't have to pay the bills, you're freer. And I, I learned this actually from a dude who went in to work with Tyson Foods. Tyson Foods had had a, had a scandal. And this guy set up as an HR executive and he helped to rectify some of this, the scandals within the company. And he said that the way that he was able to do this is that his wife and, and he had decided that they were going to have a budget or they were going to be able to, if they needed to, quit their jobs at any moment, work at Walmart, and be able to make ends meet. Yes. So have a lifestyle that already is up to that that spot. Well, it's really hard to do that if you don't already have a little capital. So what if you don't have capital? The answer is you can start to save up and live well, and that's, cheaply on and the And that's, that's how they built their um, savings, if you will, mm-hmm. by living underneath their means for a long time mm-hmm. until they'd stockpiled enough money to be able to have that flexibility. But friends, here is the craziest thing that we've learned is that the minute you start letting go of these things that you think will make you safe, all of a sudden you feel richer than you've ever felt. We have never felt richer in the sense we've been stressed a couple times about just, you know, <laughs> money per se, but the, the places we've been have been so superior to prepackaged vacations, quote unquote, right. you know, that, you know, going to uh, sandals, enjoy it. If you guys do have fun with it, you want to go on a cruise, go on a cruise, but I would never trade a cruise on the best cruise line for what we've been able to experience on the road and the, and the wisdom and the joy of making new friends and all of this for a lot less money than, than it could have been under any other circumstances. Right. And we're going to talk to you, friends, about how you might be able to do this. In, in many ways, this is going to then help you as a kind of spiritual guide to overlanding and some of the things that we've learned from the road and overlanding in case you want to get into it. If you're joining us for the first time, you should know that a lot of our other shows deal with religious trauma and stuff like this and, and, and education, the way we do religious education. This is a lesson. From the road, it's also us t- helping you to learn a little bit about what it would be like if you wanted to overland. This is a, a different kind of show in that sense, right? But we hope that you'll join us for the other stuff. If you are only usually joining us 
so that we can talk religion, this might not be for <laughs> yeah, you. you may. Hey, what are you going to do? But I think you'll be surprised at how much of a connection this will have to other aspects of ethics and religion in our daily lives, in the world of this rat race in the West of success and, and money, and yet a lot of people who are unhappy and, and dissatisfied with their lives. Real fast, if you want to follow our travels, please follow us on Instagram, but we're not Protect Your Noggin there because a lot of the positive, upbeat stuff that we're going to do, we're going to put that under the, the concept of Dow Surfers with a T, T-A-O. S-U-R-F-E-R-S. Dow Surfers, that's our name on Instagram, and you can f- you can find all sorts of fun pictures that will connect to some of the places that and the things that, that we're, we're going to talk, talk about. Very good. All right, Stacey. We have come up with 12 mm-hmm. insights, 12 lessons from the road, and there's not a particular order here, but we'll just uh, kick it right off, Stacey, with number one. Yes. So there are four great ways to camp for free besides stealth camping. That's one thing that we've we've learned. There's stealth camping. Wait, what is that? Is when you are parked out in places that you shouldn't necessarily be overnight. It's a gray that, area. It's a gray area where you know you can kind of you could definitely tell the places you're not supposed to, and they'll often label it with a sign. There's other places that if they don't know that you are camping overnight, you might be able to get away with it. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, a little house on the highway. Mm-hmm. They have parked sometimes out in front of music venues and things because they could look like a tour bus. So so that would kind of count because it's a it's a bus and you're like, well, I'm not sure they're in there. Right. So most of the time, uh, stealth camping is where you're in a van that doesn't have a lot of windows or you've blocked out the lights so that people can't tell that you're in there. And it's usually best done, stealth camping, when you're in a vehicle that's not advertising that it's a it's a domicile. But we're in a truck camper. We're in an over... Uh, a cab over truck camper. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously something that people could be living in. But if you have a conversion van and you just turn off the lights, no one's really going to bother you unless they see you getting in and out. And so one of the ways to stay in urban centers, stay near where you might have a job, that's where where van lifers often will be doing it right. stealth. You might be able to park along some sort of residential street or nearby residential places. We did this when we were in our van. We'll tell you about it a bit. The but that we had the nice, we had the Curtains. Very dark Curtain, curtains. Curtains are also another giveaway sometimes that somebody could be sleeping that in That is there. true, um, but if they can't see it... And nowadays, gonna... Sprinter vans are even suspect. So yeah. the, the hard part with stealth camping is that you have to be prepared to get that knock on your door. Mm-hmm. And usually it's... It's going to move you, you along. You don't get fined, but it's just that, you know, it's time to move along. They may, you know, want to see your license and registration. Let me tell you, I don't even like having friends knock on the door after 11 just because <laughs> I'm kind of tired or tipsy or who knows. I just, I'm not prepared for a conversation. And so when you're stealth camping, you know, you don't want to be sitting there having cocktails in the back watching a movie. So <laughs> it takes for, away. For us, that feeling that at any moment... You could have to have a conversation with a police officer. Some people love that. And Old we Mr. Don't. Jeff don't. No, no, I do not love that. Know, I don't like talking to... to police in general. I, if you're a police officer, I would love to have a conversation over coffee with you. But in your role as a police officer, if you're talking to me, I'm not having a great time. And I'll say this, even if, even if it has nothing to do with me, sometimes I don't know what it is. Remember, we were, we were at Blues Beach, stealth, not stealth camping, we were camping on Blues Beach up in uh, Northern California. On the actual sand. And there was a dude who thought that he was going to get assassinated. And he was obviously either crazy 
or on well, methamphetamine. He was on meth. He even admitted well, of course, it to the cops. Eventually he did, right? We but didn't we didn't know first. for sure. He's kind of crazy. And I I called the police. None of the other hippies in, in the beach wanted me to call the police because they didn't they just didn't want the police like poking around. I'm not sure you were supposed to camp there on this beach. <laughs> well, we know you weren't because there was a sign that said no camping, but it was so rusted, so rusty. and so had so many <laughs> holes in it. So our thought was if there's a, if this sign is what is going to post no camping, nobody's mm. going to be in the business of trying to see if people are trying to camp no. here because they're not keeping no up. No one's checking on up signs, on it. No so one's they probably don't really there. Care, you know, friends. Here's another tip: if you're interested in trying this out and you're anywhere near the West Coast, check out Blues Beach. And it is one of the most beautiful beaches, and you can drive right onto it. Make sure you've got a four-wheel drive with uh, some good tires, or you can park in the parking lot and then go down in a tent and camp. But you can go right onto the beach and make a little bonfire. It's like, you know, pretty close to Big Sur. Beautiful, beautiful spot. And uh, anyway, so the cop shows up, and I said, well, I don't know, man. And this guy was begging us to call the cops. Yeah. So we didn't we want to be, did. we didn't, we didn't want, we he was would, distracting to the families. Right. And we didn't want to be the people that didn't hear his cry for help. And what if yeah. there really was a situation? We didn't know, you know, <laughs> and he got assassinated. No, but yeah, but like, he, look, he needed help and he was causing a disturbance. And so we did. So anyway, when the, when the cop came down and, you know, and he, and he sees me and I'm, you know, looking like a hippie with my, with my Oaxacan pants or whatever, he's kind of, he's kind of, skeptical about me and I'm being my my best dad self I say well sir we've got this problem over here I think he's harmless he doesn't seem to be armed I'm just trying to prepare this police officer and and like he was mad at me when I used the term 5150 it's like well how do you know what 5150 is like I'm like setting him up or like he's real suspicious of me I said well have you heard of Van Halen So he had not heard of the Sammy Hagar era of Van Halen when 5150 was an album. We are digressing. But the point is, even at my best, I sometimes, especially with my long hair, will sometimes cause the police officer to think that he needs to be skeptical of me. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that feeling. He's not going to arrest me for anything. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But I just didn't like that he was skeptical of me when I'm trying to be the good Samaritan. My point being, if I can avoid those knocks on the door at two in the morning at a Walmart, I'm going to do it. <laughs> My favorite stealth camping that we did uh, as, as we're traveling was San Francisco, the airport. <laughs> that was, that was the, the one place we just did not want to, we did not want to park anywhere too sketchy. Everything and smelled like urine and, and weed. So we just, and we, we couldn't, we didn't want to be just on the street. Weed's legal in California and, and PP is fine, but crime. didn't want to deal with that. There's lots of crime and, and <laughs> we knew of vehicles getting broken into. So we knew that when we were leaving our vehicle, it had everything, we had everything we needed to live off of it. So we wanted security for mm-hmm. our vehicle and it was a great place. Then we can also take the public transportation into town. Uh, it didn't turn out to be the 
cheapest overall way, but it was for the options that we had without for where we could park our vehicle. Right. right? So the public transportation cost some money. We Ubered back home so we didn't have to worry or not home. <laughs> we Ubered back to the airport. Right. <laughs> which is made for a very easy uh, easy destination, to find yeah. you know, to tell the the Uber driver where to go. So all of that was our we just kind of quickly went in the back and close the windows and pretend like we weren't there. And yeah. you know that a car could stay there. We're not endorsing <laughs> illegal behavior. We don't think it was illegal, but just to be safe, we were yeah. stealthing it out. Anyway. So, so that's, that's, that's stealth camping. Now, if you don't want to do it that way, again, point number one, as Stacy said, there are four great ways to camp for free besides stealth camping. First is parking lots like Walmart or Cracker Barrel or casinos. Casinos, usually the most likely to be cool Walmart is increasingly difficult because a lot of cities like Los Angeles or San Diego or San Francisco, if there's a Walmart in the in the city, they're going to be shutting that down. Very often you can, you know, go online and find out or you can ask the manager if they if they the let thing. you. It's but important. it's increasingly it used to be that everybody used to go to Walmart and now because they were places where you could always camp with your R V and because that was so well known it maybe it was overused in some places and they shut it down. No matter any of these times when we've used parking lots, it's always, always a good idea to just go in somewhere, go to customer service or whatever, talk to somebody and get permission to stay overnight. Yeah. You, Let them know you're there. They'll tell you where to park and then that way you'll know if you're not supposed to and then you can move along and find you know a, a more comfortable place to be or somewhere that you actually can. There was even one time where we were about to run out of gas and... Uh, we saw a police officer, and we said, "Hey, we." Wanna- that was a good conversation with a police officer. Yeah. Yes, it was. We want to. We want to stay here overnight so we can get gas here. Do you think we can park here at the gas station overnight because it's closed and nobody's here? And he said, "Well, go park by the library." He told us exactly where to park, and he said, "You'll be just fine there for a night." Mm-hmm. So that's another option sometimes too. If you find yourself not with needing gas or no yep. other options. Yep. Talk to the police. Call, you know, not nine one one. That would be that would but, be the wrong use of nine one one. But you could. I've got a sleep emergency. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Walmart used to be the go to. Now we found that if you really in a pinch, Cracker Barrel is your go to. It's usually a, a nice, safe place right off the freeway. Lots of ample parking in the middle of the night, and then you get up, get yourself some Cracker Barrel food, and then what we like to do is get little gifts for family and friends that we might be visiting along the road, just mm-hmm. little cheap things for the Especially kids. Especially children. Because, you know, Cracker Barrel's got that. It's got, <laughs> it's got a lot of these little toys. And then casinos, we've already mentioned. The problem with casinos is sometimes we go in and gamble and then we lose more money than we would have spent at Correct. a place so of hookups. So we sometimes don't save money. But now, the surprising one. The surprising one is a truck stop. Nobody wants to stay at the truck stop, the Flying J. Da, da, da. And there's usually a lot of we commotion. Do. Noisy. And prostitution, hooligans, loud music, cars with loud music, people in domestic fights coming over. Yeah. But we have loved it. We have decided we don't love all of that. But what we do love is that we could we could be a fly on the uh, in the corner type of thing. We could be. Here's a metaphor for you. We are in the center of the Tao. We are in the Cora of Plato. We are in the middle of. Of, of all the activity. The activity, the hub, the, the, the eye of the hurricane. Right. In other words, it is so peaceful in our little camper as all this noise is going around us, but none of those people are really worried about us. They don't want to mess with us. 
because they've yeah. got their own things they're dealing with. They're not committing crimes there. They're fleeing from the crime they were in. And the travel centers have twenty four hours stuff coming and going. So you're you know, you're, you're you're at least getting some eyes on what's going on. We sometimes will have people park right next to us in cars that are doing naughty things. Mm-hmm. So that, that what, that's what uncomfortable, we, but they're not bothering us. They almost were almost like invisible ghosts or something to them. Right. Sometimes they want to use our, our truck to kind of hide between. Like, yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. It's to just, block what they're doing. Right. And, maybe and, just, and, and we can't really fully tell what's going on. We have our blinds closed, of course, but we do. When I hear. We, of course, would report a violent crime yes. or something. We're just saying yes. vices or, you know, if, if, if some people are smoking weed in a town that they're not allowed to have smoking weed, I'm not going to get involved in this. I'm just going to take a nappy. And we normally get sort of the heads up from our dog, Bendy, that she does a very nice, like, this Brrr. low growl. Oh, it's the best. She doesn't do, she knows not to do loud barks. And if, if there is a loud bark, we've got to pay attention to that right. and probably come out of the vehicle and figure out what's going on. But she gives a little... But when she mm. doesn't like something, she does her little... You know. And this is why a lot of overlanders have pets. Right. It's, a, she, it's pretty common. And it's funny because we have sometimes stayed with people that have dogs and they don't hear the noise that she makes, but their dogs do. And so whatever, like whatever noise she's making, they, that sort of makes their dogs understand and pay attention to not mess with, with our vehicle, which is what we wanted her for. That's exactly. You know? right. we, we were hoping she was going to be a little bit bigger, <laughs> but she's so cute and she actually fits in, in here real nice. Yes. So, so truck stops are a great way to go and they're all over. And sometimes it'll be your best access to a big city. For instance, Nashville, there was a, tra- there was a travel center in Nashville that got us right into the heart of town. I mean, it was a gold mine. It wasn't a place that you would think of as a paradise, right. but they had showers. They had an And this an was arcade. at a point when, when we needed to save our tanks. Yeah. So we didn't, showers fill up our, our gray tank pretty fast. So we wanted to. The gray to, water so, friends is what comes out of the sink or when you're showering. The black tank is the poopoos. Right. The peepees. <laughs> All right. So we wanted to use, we needed a shower. We wanted to use that. That was a great option. Mm-hmm. Costs a little money, but it's it's a good way to go. And also we find at the truck stops there's often dumping stations. Not this always, one didn't but they can have be. It, yep. So that's why, again, the shower. It's in the middle of the city. So that's a good one. <laughs> so anyway, our first our, our first great way to camp for free is the truck stop. This is not where you're going to stay for a long period of time, but as you're moving from place to place or you're near a city, that's a good one. What's the second one? Second one is dispersed camping. That's basically where you're you're able to camp for free so you know you're allowed to be there it could be national uh, a lot of times national there's forest. like wildlife fishing game you could right it could type. be a, a state or a city run recreational area where they allow overnight camping and those can be really great spots mm-hmm Fishing very often nearby. When we, that's where we were at when we recorded the the one where we said van down by the river there. And yes, <laughs> all the catfish and yes. the rain. That was a good spot. So those are, of course, a and go we, to. And the nice thing about that is you can stay there for a couple of weeks sometimes and really get your podcasting work done. Yeah, usually, <laughs> usually you could stay there anywhere from say three to three nights to to like you said two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, Camp Pendium is an app on your iPhone. Also, or your Android device, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or we've also used Allstays. Allstays is great. Now a website is uh, freecampsites.net. Freecampsites.net, not totally populated in every spot, but if you can find a free campsite through that, it's a great way to go. And then we haven't used it yet, but 
something called Dirt D Y R T. That's an app that looks promising. We'll see how it goes. They tried to we'll be you. kind of an you call it like an aggregate where they yeah. pull from multiple different. Apps I'm and hopeful resources. for it. I'm hoping that Dirt is going to allow us to get all these right. sites into and one. And so some you'll see some of the duplicates on these various apps, but then on the other hand, there's a lot of times where they, they have different things. So we've mm. found using a combination of all of them. Mm. Allstays is pretty much the first place to go because you can go free or you can limit it to stuff that's less than 30 bucks. Because you can, you can be paying 150 bucks a night for an RV campsite if it's a real luxury spot. And we don't want to do that. So you, you, move, you move the little toggle down so that you're trying to get the free camping, and that's a good way to go. And, and Campendium, I find, is good because it also lets you know about dump stations. And yeah, Campendium's fantastic as a, as a website as well. Third. Third, we have something called Harvest Host. I think we've mentioned this briefly, but it's where you can stay at wineries, distilleries. Homestead farms. Correct. And even golf courses if you pay a little extra. Yeah. So you're now able to hit so many spots. Now, it's not been that helpful in Florida. There's not too much in Southern California. Middle of the country is... But the middle of the country is so great. And it is paradise. We have had such a wonderful time feeling like we are kings and queens of the universe. We have spent a few hundred bucks on the booze. (laughs) But when we stay at the next place we'll talk about, when we stay for free... With friends or family, sometimes we'll be able to then give purchase. Gifts. Yeah, we'll purchase a bottle of wine from somewhere, and then we'll have that for the next place to go. So, you know, it's not free, free, but it's certainly lower cost, and it's such a joy to be able to have this mutual gift giving. Did we mention Casey Jones Distillery? That it was, was one of our favorite spots. Yes, on for Harvest Hosts, that was that was a. I think we mentioned it, but and just in case we didn't, really fast. Third generation moonshiner. Yeah. Cool they, couple. Cool couple with their little dog, Rosie. Was, Old school Kentucky hippies, which you don't see a lot. We were able to camp right in front of their lake, which was stocked, and they said we could fish at. Caught so many bass, I gave up. That has never happened in my entire life. They catching off- bass, I'm like, I'm getting bored of catching bass. <laughs> yeah, they often- and my, and my There was too much fish already in my freezer, so I, I just it was catch and release, which I always used to make fun of. When I was a kid, I'm like, mm. wow. Because well, when I was a kid, sometimes we just have Cheerios. So if I could get <laughs> yeah. a fish, why wouldn't I eat that fish? <laughs> right, right. Well, and also, even if, it's, even if it's a fish that we're not totally fond of. It's his pond, can, too. We can we feed can it to the feed, bins. Feed Bendy. Uh, but that place also, they offered us the use of their truck. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, if we wanted to use that and to go into town because it's free- easier to park. And a patio area to hang out. We had some rocking chairs and a way to plug in our computers. And, and another boondocker hanging out. We were able out. to edit one of our podcasts there and or upload it because we had Wi-Fi. It's, very, very kind, very, very generous people that I I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these folks, they just open up their doors and treat us like family. And it's it been is amazing. Ama- the free places are so much more abundant. And then you, we'll see this later. Then there's other places they're trying to nickel and dime you. Mm-hmm. So wait, wait a minute, buddy. You're you're giving me a place to fish. I would pay for this like it's a little resort and they're almost rolling out the red carpet for us. Yeah. And we're not even coming in advertising that we're, you know, we've got this website or no, anything like that. We're yeah. just these are just genuinely good people. I would say that sometimes what we're finding is people want us to stay longer, not just because yes. of us that we're hanging out and they enjoy the conversations and so Harvest Host has been a great opportunity to 
I be by, all by ourselves. It costs you some money. It's less vineyard. than a hundred bucks, and you have for the whole year. You've got access to to places that are beautiful and cool. You want to go in, get a little gift shop, something. The hardest one for us is the golfing because we don't golf, right? So we haven't I, used it as if much. If there's one that has like a restaurant or something, we could go and right. eat at it. Eat at the restaurant, you, the golf course, you know. or do some drive. You know. Have have three beers and then start doing driving range. That's always a lot of fun. <laughs> or no beers and then driving range. All right. What's the fourth, the fourth and the best? The fourth and our favorite is Boondockers Welcome. And I know, again, we've also mentioned this one briefly. but It's a website, boondockerswelcome.com. And that one, we have been able... What you do is you can look in an area where you're going to see if there's somebody that offers... Uh, a spot in your parameters. So you put in your vehicle length, you put in how, you know, how, what dates you want to create a profile. So they see if your creepers are not right. There's different filters you can do. So we always need the pet friendly places. And basically then they tell you what the amenities they can offer. They'll sometimes offer you free electricity right now. We're plugged into a 30 amp, uh, electric outlet. Yeah. Uh, whether they have Wi-Fi. That they're offering. We've got Wi-Fi today. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. We pulled in. We pulled in last night, and then they invited us over for dinner. So they fed us for free. We had a wonderful evening with conversation. We and learned so just, much. It was such a joy to meet this couple. Friends, if you're lonely and sad and bored, how about do you change up your life for a second and just do it for six months or do it for a few months or whatever? Get yourself a little savings. Get yourself something that has a self-contained camping situation and do boondockers. Just that. If you just went around the country doing Boondockers Welcome and you stayed for a couple nights with people all around the country, you would, just like us, all of a sudden have a longer list of friends Mm -hmm. that you could... You know, check in with the last people we stayed with. They say, send us a postcard from California. We're like, all right, we'll do right. that. That's great. They have, they they did like what, racing stuff? And yeah, he was a, he's like a famous motorcycle racer. So we talked so motorcycles. Good, yeah. But this, the place that we're staying here, they have a, they have kayaks so they've offered to us to go on the canal with, which we might do later. And We should just do it just to do it, man. <laughs> to see if the dog to. likes it and doesn't get eaten. <laughs> I'm going to put a little treble hook to her tail in case, in case she does get caught and then I'll rope her in and then I'll have a dog back and a, ga- a gator. Listen, friends, what I'm saying to you, what Stacy's saying to you is not only is this stuff less expensive, it is something that you might want to do just to do this on your bucket list, to stay with families and friends that you've never met before and have and have this mutual gift giving. And they it just treat, it's amazing. It just it feels like you've known these people for a long time. And they, their, their generosity is just been it's been it's renewed my faith in humanity yes. in, a lot, in a lot of ways. And also, sometimes what's hard, I know, if especially if you're in, in transitions of church or, or say, you, you know, it's, it's a... You're leaving a cult, say, and you, and you need new friends. <laughs> it's a way to have community. Yes. And we... We need that. That's why we sometimes get roped into cults is because we're just, we're lonely sometimes. It's well, a scary it, world. And it helps us as we're traveling not to just only be in a box... Of, of ourselves and each other yes. that we can get out and have conversations with. Other we folks. have more conversations in this little tiny vehicle with people because we're on the road than we would normally in a suburban context in our home. Correct. Because they're just, I mean, we, we we're right now our, our kids are still hanging out. Hopefully they've kept the place nice. It's in Irvine. Irvine was basically designed for you not to have conversations with your neighbors. Number two. 
Number two, in our experience, expensive campsites are rarely better than the free stuff. Yep. We have found that the expensive campsites, even though you might be close up by each other, there's not community, at mm-hmm. least, in, in that, and that's what we've come. They don't, we often get looks of maybe because we're outsiders and California plates, you know, it's kind of like. My hair's long. <laughs> you know, who are you? We're not saying that there aren't any good pay sites. We're just saying that. That's been our experience. On average, we've been paying, when we pay money, we actually get kind of disappointed in mm-hmm. the lack of community. More importantly, you said the scowls, mm-hmm. the judgment, even lower income RV resorts are kind of like these little tiny, like these tiny neighborhoods that yeah. are wondering who these cats yeah, moving in. Yeah, yeah. And, and there have been some that are kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. The other the other thing too is it's easier just to get like nickel and dimes sometimes at these places. And sometimes they won't let you in unless you have a vehicle of a certain age. So one of the things that I had heard just from the, I took a walk this morning with the host that we're staying with here. So she had told me that friends of theirs went to an RV place and it was an expensive one, like a campsite place that they can pay for. And they joined them there for a little bit. But there's people that get all pretty, I don't know, they even like will decorate their areas and everything. It's kind of fun. Really yeah, like for so Halloween. You think it's pretty cool. This place was so nice. It had, I guess, these pavers. And so they, when they left, they get a phone call saying, even though their vehicle was new, that there was some oil or some kind of uh, drippage from their vehicle on the paver and that they needed to pay $100. They dropped some oil or on whatever the on the pad, apparently, which they didn't ever get proof or evidence that that actually happened. And it was a newer RV, so they were even doubtful that it was actually the case. But they charged them? They charged them $100 to power wash it off and mm. that didn't work so they were going to have them replace the stones that were damaged oh yeah <laughs> i didn't and know they, that, that you heard about this this morning right yeah all right i'm so, just saying sometimes in these more expensive places you pay money they're going to take more money <laughs> sometimes you go for you know. free and they're trying to give you dinner now you want to reciprocate and all this but it's you know when you go back to the non-transactional relationships one of the things that's nice is you give not because you you're obliged to but because wow it just feels good. It's It's been really nice to get these gifts and then give these gifts. It's like Christmas every few days. Number three. So your overland vehicle type should definitely correspond to your travel goals or what you're hoping to accomplish while, you, mm-hmm. while you're on the road. We started out with a Delica, and we love it. We can't sell it still. Oh, it's so much fun to drive. Four, again, four-wheel drive, right-hand drive. It looks like a little minivan that's four-wheel drive that we can just go even on the the soft sand of of the you know in the beaches, yeah, and people with these bigger bigger trucks and all these are like me and my son they're shaking Aiden. their heads that we're not getting stuck, you know, because it's so mm-hmm. perfectly balanced. Yes. The weight is oh, the, that, those four little wheels just grab on anything. My son Aiden and I accidentally took a road that was really just an off highway vehicle dune buggy kind of road over the mountains in near Big Bear Cal. California, and I have never been so terrified because we were on rough, rough dirt roads that I might have been able to consider mountain biking along. <laughs> and when we came out the other side, there were these rangers just looking at us like, did, did you, you really come back do? from that way? And- I am so glad I was not there. Oh. I, I think I would have just been in. There was like, no way to turn around if I if I got stuck. Panic attack the entire time. I don't know time. how it had gotten out of that. But the point is, it's a great vehicle for access. So if you 
if you're trying to oh, – what we're trying to say to you, friends, here, this is the section of the show, dear friends, where we're telling you if you want to get into overlanding, we're going to give you some advice on what kind of vehicle you want, right? So part of this is if you, if you really want to do stealth camping, if you want to go down to Baja, California, if you want to drive to – Panama. You can't go past Panama because it's a right-hand drive vehicle. That's the unfortunate part. But uh, you could have a van or a sprinter van that can do the same. No, no, no. But I'm talking about right. But I'm talking about the Delica. Mm-hmm. The Delica is a thing, mm-hmm. okay? And the Delica is a thing because the and, and there's also a, a Toyota version of this, but it's a four-wheel drive Japanese import. Hard to find. Hard to register. Ours is already registered in California. Friends, if you want to buy it and give it a good home, it's got some rust, but we've replaced a lot of things. Uh, look us up. But the main thing is that. It is so it is so cool to be able to squeeze into ancient little cities. It's it's the it's a thin van and it, it will it, fit in any parking lot. It means del- delivery car from Japan. And we kind of fell in love with it when we were traveling in Japan and, and China over the last few summers. We love these little vehicles that fit, you know, seven Japanese business people inside, you know, and then we turn it into a place to sleep and have fun. The problem for us is, again, you, we didn't have a bathroom. Correct. And then we spent most of our time getting it set up and changed in the morning and at night. Because we we didn't actually do the permanent conversion on it, and it had... We couldn't. It was The interior was so beautiful. It is yeah. so beautiful. And Please it buy had, it from us. <laughs> well, I, we'll I don't want to part from it. But it had... It had the back seat that could be made into a, a small bed. It, it had swivel chairs that could go forward or backward, depending on what, or even yeah. sideways. So in a quick in a quick pinch, you could have like our our kids and, and we could all kind of camp out in it, mm-hmm. or we could put a we have an inflatable mattress that we put over all of it, and that was very comfortable, mm-hmm. but just took a while. And we love a living room style, especially when we're gonna maybe do recordings like this, mm-hmm. and it can only be. A sleeping place or a living room. Right. So it that, is definitely a great recording studio. Yeah. Now, yeah. And the other thing with it, though, is you could purchase like one of those tent things that you can have it pop out and and go above a vehicle. Yeah. You could do something like that. Sometimes, depending on what what you rig up or whatever, though, you might lose your ability to stealth camp if it's a tent that comes out. Yeah, you can't <laughs> stealth camp up on top. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's one one of the drawbacks of that. Why do we choose the the cab over? We have a, a Lance 945 from from 1995, the year that we got married. Yeah. Uh, and our truck, we have a Ford F-350. F-350. Same year, 1995. So it's kind of like uh, if we would have bought this or somebody gave it to us for our wedding, this is how old it is. <laughs> and the other thing that's interesting about it on the inside is it kind of reminds me of Stacy's house growing up when I started dating <laughs> Stacy because it's got like all the oak stuff. It is way heavy. It's a super heavy vehicle and it's hard. And if you get a new Lance camper or something They're similar, be a lot, lot lighter, lot lighter, but they just feel a little bit more. We went inside. It flimsy. felt a little flimsier, yeah, to us. Now, not but... if you're going to camp in it. That's what I would recommend if you have the money. But that was twice as expensive. We paid half it the price of. Our whole rig. Our whole rig was half the cost of what it would have been to get a brand new version. And it doesn't really make a difference. Uh, of just the camper. Of just the camper. Not the truck. <clears throat> the, the new campers are really, really nice. But again, they felt a little more cramped. This thing's obscenely large to us. We, we think of it as like this big mansion. Now, it's smaller than one of those large RVs. Mm-hmm. So and, on, it's relatively speaking And we have compact. the opportunity to drop the camper and take the truck uh, by itself 
off to wherever we need to. It takes right. a little more time. So if we were if we were staying somewhere for a week or so, it might be worth you, going ahead and detaching it. Let's say Stacy is is going to do a yoga seminar, and we're near a, near a city. I could be at a winery or something, and then she could detach from the vehicle. She could drive the truck into where she's going. I can make dinner, or whatever. She can come back. Mm-hmm. So how would you say, Stacy, the uh, the cab over camper? affects our budget compared to the Delica, say, or van van living. Yeah, so the gas is a lot more expensive in our in our truck camper. Our gas is a lot more expensive in the, the truck camper. It's probably like around 10 miles per gallon. I wish we had diesel, but we have... Yeah, the, we the, did the have diesel with the, with the Delica. Delica. So when you have your, your smaller vans and things like that, they're usually more efficient gas-wise than right. this. But we found for ourselves... That we'll spend more money trying to get showers or use bathrooms than we would if we were uh, in our camper. Also, our our camper has an air conditioner and a heater. I don't know if if we were doing the trip that we are and coming here to Florida and we're going to be going across the more, you know, more of the south to get back west. In that heat, in the heat, the humidity, really, it could be, it could get miserable, and especially, it, and then even the heat of the desert when we were there in Tucson. Yeah, we did a three-month run with the Delica that worked out really well, but we were primarily up along the Pacific Coast, which is always pretty moderate, even, even when it gets in the cold, middle of summer. Yeah, it middle was, of summer is cool. Yeah, middle of winter ain't too so cold. If you don't, if you can't regulate the temperature, you need to, you know, you need to stay in more moderate. Uh, climate. But having sure. a full kitchen has been really nice too because I've been making food, you've been making <laughs> we have, food. We got, we're spoiled. We even have an oven. So we've been able to make some casserole We've got too sometimes. much kitchen if you ask me. <laughs> and we have a microwave. But that saves you money. Maybe a- answer for me this, Stacey. Why aren't we in a large RV? Well, that's just not our style. But... <laughs> um, it could be for people. If you want to have your house, if you, if you, if you want to downsize, more of a living room and in that in your house, they can. They feel sometimes like real spaces. Real, they could feel even more like spacious house. than our smallest Condo. little homes that we've yeah. lived in our condos. Well, I, I thought you apartments. were going to say that it's less stress because the biggest stress sometimes is having one of the spouses help you back into something. Oh, this is, this is yes. a big issue. Yes, it's, it's, it's hilarious too because there was one spot that we stayed in that they, they said basically that they give life or marriage saving uh, parking assistance. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I know what that's about. <laughs> yes. Because if you make a mistake, is, is the dude driving or the gal driving? That's one thing. If you're making a mistake, like sometimes I get mad at Stacy if I can't see her in the mirror. If I can't see you in the mirror, I don't know what your what your hands are doing. Right. Now and you're then, looking and at the bumper, things... and I'm looking at you, but you can't see that I can't see you. Well, and then and sometimes mad. it's the trees, you know, that might be in the way that you're not really thinking about because of your your height. Point so. being, if maneuvering big trailers is not your forte, <laughs> don't do that. If you if that thing stresses you out, I mean, this thing I think you would say is probably too stressful for you to drive on a regular basis in heavy traffic, just because it's a it's got a big profile. And and well, what we've found is that people when they see that you, I mean, I'm sure this happens obviously with RVs and things, but when you are driving in a little bit bigger of a rig, they don't want to get behind you, so they almost will do anything, and it's particularly bad in Florida to it's not been dangerous not to get behind you, and they'll pass you when it's a single lane. Jackrabbit. Yeah, or, yeah, that's the thing. You put your blinker on, and all that does is tell them to speed up, and then it's not just the one car, it's 
three cars after him are almost going to, you know, miss our exit. So as the person that we purchased our truck camper from, he said, you cannot be in a hurry. Can't be in a hurry in an RV. That's how you get into trouble. That's how you ruin right. a lot of your investment. But the biggest thing I think to me is you have to ask yourself, what's more important to you? If you're not going to be moving a lot, if you're maybe staying at an RV park for a couple months at a time, then that certainly works just great. You can go from place to place, follow the weather, do whatever you want to do. But if the stress of driving things around or getting it into tight spots is a big problem for you, then you can compromise on how much square footage you've got, which I think has worked out really fine for us. I I don't think I need a single inch more. We don't need more. There not are us. some people some that people would. would appreciate it, and I and we I like cozy. understand that. Yeah, it's not. So that's what you've got to do. You just got to figure out what's what's what is right your for style? you. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things that was kind of funny, we were at. You have to recognize that your vehicle will say something about you. And I think yeah. that, I mean, that's true of any vehicle you drive, which I was a little, oh, throughout the years. Be labeled. But throughout the years, though, I've been a little uh, oblivious to that fact, which is true with any car you're driving, essentially. It says mm-hmm. something about you often. And, and your politics. Yes. And so the the traveling vehicle that you have for these types of trips, it matters. And it announces a little bit about who you. you are, whether you want to or not. So we were at one of these campsites and there's the owner who, what he likes to do is he gets on his bicycle and he leads you in and, and guides you as to where he's going to park you. He's a gladesman. That is an Everglades tour kind of guy since he was 10 years old. So he knows about the pythons and the gators and the swamp creatures mm-hmm. and the skunk ape. He's going to take you on a skunk, skunk ape <laughs> tour. Go and, Google skunk ape if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So we, he said, I really like truck campers and I thought he meant the vehicle or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, we really love it. And he said, no, I mean the people. And he said, or I'll take vans too. But so he likes truck campers and van lifers. Yeah. He was saying that those are his favorite. He said, I don't know. I just seem, they seem, I think they, I think what he was getting at was probably less picky even about their locations, mm-hmm. like less trouble in general. They're just going to be happy with where he puts them. He and, put us in this beautiful spot next to a palm tree and coconuts, and he was apologizing. I said, dude. And he set us up next to nice neighbors. He said, these yeah. are really nice people. So it's like. Yeah, but he's like, he was worried about it before we even got started. He he must have been, you know, traumatized <laughs> by other folks <laughs> that came through. But what it says. Now, on the, other, on the other side of it, though, the nice thing about the truck camper for us, and we're not selling it to you. We're just telling you why we went, went for it and why we're very, very happy with it. When we were in the Delica, we kind of came off as hippie, and th- we actually met in in our travels a, uh, a couple, Lord and Pebbles. They're hip- hippie royalty, they said, and they, they, they did seem to be. On the inside of their big RV, you could tell that they were total hippies. And at the same time, on the outside, there was you know Harley-Davidson stickers. Mm-hmm. He was a motorcycle repair guy. That's one of the ways he was able to make a living on the road. Yeah, he had like a long white beard and he looked long like a trucker. Hair, so I he could he be looked... hippie. He could be trucker. You put him in. He some... could be. He a was biker. wearing jeans and yeah. and like a leather like leather vest, and he looked like and, and short sleeves, and he looked like a motorcycle. He, he was like my Obi Wan. He's my Overland Obi Wan, and I won't tell you all the secrets he gave me. But one of the things that he said was that you don't want to come across too much like your counterculture on the outside or you're, you're screwing with the system. There are people that resent this. There are people that resent the idea that you might be trying to live in your vehicle. If you look like you're a retiree, then you've already paid your dues into the Molex mm-hmm. system. And so we were kind of talking about Molex like, a couple of years ago. And so it, what he was saying to me was 
kind of tone it down on the outside of your vehicle. Don't put a bunch of Grateful Dead that we did not have a great, never listened to the Grateful Dead really, but don't put a bunch of Grateful Dead stickers on the outside if you don't want to be hassled. Mm-mm. And so what he did was he was low-key on the outside. And one of the things that we found with our truck camper is we get a lot of respect from conservatives and liberals. Correct. Right? But most importantly, we don't immediately offend, you know, middle-of-the-country country music listening people because they recognize that we're we're not we're not there to harm anybody and we've got a cool truck and people like to talk about our truck i'm surprised to find how many people are excited about what we got because yeah. there just aren't that many truck campers out there on the road we've well, seen and, a few they really appreciate the the truck in the year that we have yeah. that they they don't see very many in the Midwest because they think a lot of them have already been rusted out. Yeah, buy your stuff in the Southwest, friends. Arizona, <laughs> New, when you're buying used. New Mexico, California. Yeah, it's going to be a, a – That's in our case, there's just no rust on it. This thing's been in L.A. for a long time. And pretty much just used – it was just used to go to the vacation spot and back, yeah. which wasn't taken out even every year necessarily. So it had very low miles. One other great thing about the truck camper is if you go this route, what you get to do is when the truck dies off, if it does, you can keep the top. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, you know, or vice versa for some yeah. reason. You're you could upgrade tired. one yep. thing or the other. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. And there are, you should, if you're young and you're a little bit more scrappy in terms of space, you can look into some new companies that are manufacturing stuff more for the van life. Uh, Lifestyle. I, I just think it's a, it's a great one. Go on to YouTube. You can see some people who are living in their truck camper to get the pluses and the minuses. The biggest minus is that Stacy would have been able to drive it more often if it, was, if it were a uh, Sprinter van. Yeah, there's something smaller. I, These things bounce I, around. I've, we're raised. We've got a four-wheel drive truck that's raised. So as we're bouncing around, it really, if there's wind, it, it really moves. And so it's a little bit more stressful than other vehicles. For me, what really becomes stressful is the it, it is those people that are just trying, they jackrabbit you or they're trying, in a, if you're coming into a construction zone, they do not want to get behind you. So to, I just, the risk... You have saved us from so many accidents. Mm-hmm. Just I've done by, all right, baby. You're, you have years and years. I would years like a, I would like a neck road. massage. <laughs> Thank you very much for, <laughs> for the stress your, your that maneuvering. I there. Yeah. Yes, you've you've maneuvered very well and and kept us out of a lot of trouble. So now, the one thing we should say though about about what vehicle to pick, there are some really fun ones. So we'll have a link to our friends, the Traveling Tuttles. They are in. A military vehicle that's that's redone. Uni- they, a Unimog? Is a that right? Unimog. And some people love to do little miniature schoolies, the, the short schoolie bu- school bus, big school buses, people that love to deck out ambulances. Mm-hmm. So there are all sorts of really fun things if you're handy. If you love to work on these things to modify mm-hmm. the vehicle, there are people who love to do that. I'm not good at that. So we didn't do that. Right. So it's kind of cheating. But sometimes people love to, to, to create their own space. And we've, we've interviewed people with that kind of fun space in mind. But given that, you know, if you aren't handy, just, just go for something that's already there. When we finally moved away from trying to upgrade the van to something and moved into something like this, the truck camper, we had everything instantly. We had to upgrade. You know, I had to replace the pump for the water mm-hmm. but that's a lot easier than putting a pump and water system into, into a van a whole yeah thing, right? so for me right so if you're not immediately handy or if you don't want to hassle with or, it, you can and it takes people a long time to get their vehicle so if you don't have the time in our case we needed to get on the road because mm-hmm. a sabbatical was coming up and i almost 
you know, I couldn't get away. We just did. With our truck camper, having a bathroom allows us to use the apps like Boondockers and Harvest Host because you do need to have your own toilet in order to do that. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. So you are limited if you don't have a what toilet. What do the van lifers do? They Oh, we've heard, we haven't tried it, but we've heard it as long as they haven't changed their policies. Planet Fitness is a great place to take showers and use for bathroom purposes and stuff in the Get middle of the night. I think there. they're usually open 24 hours. And so you can come in at different times or whatever. You can even work out if you need to. Because smelling homeless is really the only mm-hmm. downside to this whole experience. If we if we find ourselves in, let's say, the mountains for a couple of weeks, we don't want to take too many showers and fill up our gray tank. So then I start to... I don't mind the BO. I mind actually smelling like that human smell, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind of homeless human we've smell. Also, we've also found just a lo- couple, couple little just odd miscellaneous things. One, Camping World offers a good SAM discount that if you sign up for that program, you can get cheaper uh, dumping and stuff at like Flying J's and stuff. The other thing is sometimes they'll even have their water and dumping there for, and you can use it for free at but Camping th- World. Yep. Another thing is, is that when, if you do have an online presence and you slap a logo on your vehicle that that might give you a little extra pass for stealth camping or places that you shouldn't necessarily traditionally because then people they want to get they look you up and then they want to get behind your story right and they they get excited to meet you yeah you're not a creeper that's trying to steal their their lawn ornaments and they can understand your mission that you're what, what you're trying to accomplish and they usually want to encourage that journey rather than you right. know, thinking that this is sometimes people don't like to know that this is how you might live permanently. Right, because that upsets them. Are you them. homeless, or yes. are you choosing to be on the road for a purpose? Which is kind of unfair in society, but it's a reality, you know. And I think that you know p- people just want to be protective of their family. So if you knew that there was a couple millennials that were writing a book, living in a school bus down by the down by the pier. That's kind of okay with you. Yeah. Now they you want know? to maybe interview you or yeah, tell you right. that you got to go visit grandma's place or you can stay at this location. Because one thing that we have found, and we actually have grown to really find a, a fond place in our hearts for these folks, but there are people who are convicts that live on the road because they can't, they can't get. They don't have other options. They don't have any other options, and so that is a reality. You've got, you know, you've got the reality that sometimes when you're, you know, we're hanging out in Huntington Beach and people are living in their 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 campers but they are criminals Mm -hmm. they have a criminal record now what do you do about that the nice thing is that you know we haven't had any trouble but the downside is that there that there is that stigma and And there are times where we are pretty much ready to go in an instant if it's a little bit of a more shady area that we we don't put down not literally shady (laughs) sketchy sorry sketchy Sketchy. yes if we're in a little sketchy area we you know we're not going to put down our we're not going to use the jacks and put a more permanent setting or or try to level out the vehicle with some of the extra little things you can put down underneath the tires you know we're we're ready in a moment's notice Sometimes. with yeah with <laughs> being able to get access from our camper to our truck without having to go outside that's right you can go from the truck camper in through the window yes if you need if to. you needed to and if you uh, aren't uh, eating too much I'm, I'm not sure I can get through these days. I'm going to try it now after this show just to see. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be in a terrible spot, stuck halfway yeah, through. Yeah. Somebody's like, trying to. Somebody's trying to break like into a, you, and you're just like stuck a beached in. whale. Oh, that's no good <laughs> at all. Oh, the other thing that we like 
as well is that we do have access to our roof yeah, from the bed inter- area so oh. that we can go if we did see something kind of shady we can go out from the top of our vehicle and look down rather than opening up a door that invites right. maybe the confrontation we could pepper spray somebody trying to break into the back which we've never had to do but i'll tell you what's even better though this is the positive side most of the friends that we have that are in RVs around us when we're camped out near the beach or something, they've got roundy tops, but we've got a nice flat top, and we use our roof as a as a beautiful balcony to watch sunsets. Yeah, we can and, bring chairs up there. Oh, it's so great. And every time I sit up there, I don't realize why people are looking at me, and then all of a sudden I see a big smile and thumbs up, and I realize <laughs> they think, I never thought of that, that you could turn your living room in the back, well, I have a living room in the back of my truck, and on top of the living room is a balcony, a balcony that looks a out at the ocean. Balcony. It's pretty, pretty groovy. You can grab a cigar from your friend Marcos, do whatever you got to do. Number five, tip number five. Yes, it's it's really good to pay attention to the weather at least a week out. Uh, we find it sort of as a way of surfing the Dow, mm-hmm. <laughs> as we call it. Well, surfing the Dow in the sense that the, the, the Dow is kind of going with the flow of the universe and making your life easier. Correct. So if we realize yeah. it's going to be freezing as we have, and we didn't want to winterize our, our camper, we can just go to where it's warmer. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day in Denver. And somebody told you, it was in Longmont, Colorado. Somebody told you that it was going to be freezing. Days, we go from 80 degrees to 20. We had to hightail it out of there because the, 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 the frost was behind us. The winter was coming. And so we were blasting our way down to Florida. <laughs> then once you get to Florida, you realize this is a great time to be in Florida. A few months ago, it would have been in, unbearably hot. Correct. So, of course, the snowbirds have learned this our wonderful baby <laughs> boomer elders that are, that are doing this lifestyle. But it's great to be flexible because. We know that if for some reason there's word of hurricanes, like we'll hightail it out of here, (laughs) you know, uh, before. Welcome back, Santa Fe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's just nice that if there is tornadoes or things, that you know, weather watches or fire danger that you could just go around, you know. Meanwhile, our kids are in California. I'm hoping that they don't. It's kind of scary. Now we're seeing all the fires everywhere. Fortunately, we left five vehicles behind for them to (laughs) to jump into and get out. They're all uh, friends' inexpensive vehicles. You're welcome to come and (laughs) buy them. We've got a little used car lot out front. Apparently, (laughs) don't tell anybody. (laughs) The homeowners association. (laughs) It's not a used car lot. It's just we don't know which ones to sell. To be honest, yeah, they have different purposes. (laughs) So we 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 have to get serious about that and, and get rid of some of them. Number six. Yeah, we found that dog-friendly places are a good spot to meet people. and To meet friendly people. You can always meet somebody. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but when it comes to learning more about the community, if you're at a dog park or a dog beach, also, I, I'm not sure why, but it seems that the places that are pet-friendly, they just seem to want to talk to us more. They, they wa- seem to be friendly-friendly. Yes. they. Yeah, they're, they're open to all of God's creatures. If you're interested- and I'm not saying that... You know, if you're if you for some reason have a no pet policy or whatever that you aren't necessarily that, but I that was just been our experience. Yeah, that we've found nice people, but it, we it's almost a given that when it says pet friendly, that yeah. it's going to be a good experience. And places and restaurants and things. You know, we we, we were on a dock and the dog was just watching the tarpon and other kind of uh, you know fish swimming around in the harbor, and it was just so happy. The dog was so happy while we ate. And the main thing though is that. And, if you look to the classic work on overlanding, it actually is by Steinbeck. Steinbeck's book, Travels with Charlie, where he lived in a truck camper and brought his dog along. 
It's a great way to kind of get the sense of what's going on. He said, though, that one of the ways that he would enter into a community was to go to church. Yeah. So if you go into a church and you'd meet people, even if it wasn't your denomination, just to kind of get a feel for who's who. So that's true, but we're finding now that the dog park is the new church. Yeah, or... Just in terms of... You don't have to have a go. dog to go to a dog beach. Um, you do have to have a dog to go to a dog park. That would be really weird. weird. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. But, and also you don't have to have a dog to go to a pet-friendly camping place or stay with people. A restaurant, that are, you know, yeah. They, it's just something that they will mention. Yeah, going to these places... It's a minor point, but I thought it was it, it was fun. No. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So that is the first part of, of our 12 lessons from just overlanding in general. In this short series, we're going to be talking about other lessons that we've learned from individuals. But now, as we kind of sign off, we're going to have a little break music. And this music is going to be from Mana. Mana is our dear, dear uh, honorary Persian daughter. She is one of the students that we met as when I was a professor. And we, we were working in the international... We were house parents, really. Right, for, the, for Global Village. Just international students that would, that would stay with us. And just has really become part of the family and she's studying to be a dentist i would hope that she would drop out of school <laughs> and just pursue music i have actually tried to trick her into doing this on occasion <laughs> yeah she's not having it and uh, but just a just a dear friend of ours dear dear member of the family and this is a song from hers uh, and you can find her uh, mana nikju n-i-k-j-o-u she's got a few of these songs on soundcloud if you want to listen to them in their entirety so after that we're going to have a shorter interview with some folks that we met in Huntington Beach when they were there. And it is the little house on the highway that we've that been we mentioning. To, yes. And they have the cool little rig. You can yeah. track them down on Instagram. I, am, I think that'll kind of give you a sense. We wanted to just play this for you because it'll give you a taste of different perspectives. One of the other people that's in the, the bus. They, the, they, were, they were talking with some other folks there. One of the things that, I, that we've learned that if you are interested in overlanding and, and wanting to learn about different kinds of vehicles and stuff, especially those that have a logo on the side, look them up online, find their social media presence, kind of a little bit of just do a little research to know a little bit more about who they are. And if you are still interested, if they're around, they are often extremely welcoming and want to show you a little tour. They're proud of their, their vehicles and that what they've created and they want to share their art with other folks. So usually it, it probably wouldn't be that invasive. And of course, you know, you could always just ask and find out, but they probably want to have a conversation and give you a tour. And so there was somebody that was in the bus that also wanted to show us their vehicle. So we did a, we did a couple of little mini interviews and learning more about why they chose or yep. what they've done to have to check out what they're doing. It's just a fun community of folks. Right. And, and again, this is just kind of a little bonus there for you. Um, and, uh, eventually we'll get back to talking about religious roles. <laughs> a part of it is the fun. We said, you know, on the show, we don't want to just dwell on the negative. We want to talk about different ways of living that can bring us life and abundance, non-transactional friendships Correct. that are just, too good to be true, it seems, but they're real. And I think the reason this is important to us is because in religious circles where we think we're dealing with fear of punishment and hope of reward, there's another kind of community yeah. that doesn't operate that way. And it's pretty amazing. And it actually can be done. And we've, we have traveled a lot. And there's oftentimes when we are, we've moved to different places. But when we go visit a church, 
there's some times where we've gotten looks like, who are you and why are you coming in? Now, there's some people that are like, yay, somebody new. Young people, kids. <laughs> you know, them. yay. But, but a lot of times we have found there's this graciousness that exists. It's instant. Outside of our churches. And I wish our churches could, I don't know, I wish they could embrace some of this in their, in their life, in, yeah. the, in the, their life in the community. And bottle that stuff up. Anyway, so that's what's going on. We're going to come back to you with the second six, six through 12 lessons next week. Please join us. Again, this is Mana Nikchu singing some beautiful, beautiful music in Farsi. And after that, again, is the, is the interview with the little house on the highway. Enjoy. Sit on that box there too. It's okay. So we're trying to figure out, you know, like, you know, we've got there's so many different ways to go. We're always trying to balance like where you can actually fit with where you, you know, what you want to see. Mm-hmm. So like having gone the bus route, that's like definitely one of the routes. It is a route, and that was the only way. That was the first way that she said yes to doing it. Yeah, he he would always point out these vans that were kind of like 80s, 70s, like what you would call creeper vans. Right, right. <laughs> He'd be like, let's do this. And I'm like, uh, are you sure? Um, but then we found a bus and he he's a bus driver, so he was a bus, bus I used driver to drive school bus, so we decided we saw a few people doing buses on YouTube and we said, once you get it out, it's a blank canvas, we can turn it into whatever we wanted. And, um... It's tall enough to stand in. Yeah. So we decided let's go for a bus. And a week later, we bought one. 
We did it. We found this bus on Craigslist for $2,500. And us, an academy bought new buses, so the old buses were up for sale. So they decided to let this one go. You did such a beautiful job. Yes. This Thanks. is fantastic. <laughs> well, this is 34 feet long. And from nose to bumper, nose to tail, we fit in two parking spots length. Right. Anything longer than that's going to stick out farther. And there's some national parks that if your bus is like 40 feet long, they don't take 40, they don't let 40 foot buses go in. Right. You know, like, so they just yeah. stop you right out there. And now that we've gone this big, we have discussed and we do think that we could go smaller. Yeah. And that's where um, Wander Boom comes in. Because they have a shuttle bus. Yeah, that's shuttle our bus. Our shuttle bus door. right there. Okay. So you guys. Yeah, and so you can do that. And like today, we have a nice big spot, but then we had to pay for two parking spots to get in here. So we had to pay them. Right, even right here. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, the main thing is, you guys, we're so glad. Thanks for letting us in. This is fantastic. This is great. And this is so beautiful. Yeah, if you guys want to go check out, Eric's showing that to. Is he? His name's also Jeff. It's up wanderboom.com. Yes. And this is some of the nicest wood inside somebody driving around. Where did you start from? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Are you now here? Yeah. Six in months. A uh, little sick over six months on the road now. And Where'd you get, get the wood? The, um, this I got from an auction from a, a guy that was a milkman in Wisconsin. And uh, I dragged it around for 25 years from garage to garage. And uh, I finally had a use for it here and put it into the... The shuttle bus conversion, and then I got this all this cedar also at an auction, incredibly cheap. This is a, I mean, this is one 12, 12 inch wide board going across all three of these doors with one continuous board that I used for that. And, and I got all of the cedar for 140 bucks, and it was you couldn't get one of these boards for 140 bucks. <laughs> it's like living on a yacht. This is yeah, so yeah. A lot of people said that a little you bit of a that feeling, yacht all that nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is fantastic. Thanks for letting me see your art, man. This Absolutely. is fantastic. What yeah. do, you, do you have one piece of advice for people living on the road? Like, you know, just wisdom. Uh, be comfortable in your space. That's got to be <laughs> it. You like this, don't you? This is nice. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, we love Where it. Where else you have to be? This is perfect. All right, yep. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Appreciate it. What I do is called Road Warriors 360. I live in the buses behind He's here. Got, yeah, the other shuttle bus. That's the Road right Warriors 360. Road Warriors with S, 360. We're going to follow you. And, uh, yeah, go, it's a community for people all over the world. I've lived on the road over 15 years now. Just All right, so what's your yeah. advice? What's your advice? Man, there's so many things. Well, I mean, I've lived on the road over 15 years. I, I started when I was like a teenager. I lived in an in a old, like, 1940s, 50s bakery truck. When I was <laughs> kicked out of the house. I had to live in there in L.A., but... Oh my goodness, there's so many things, but um, well, it is nice to stand up for sure, because I yeah. lived in a regular van for like five years, and I had to crawl on my hands and knees. Being able to stand up is really, really great. Um, you, you know, I don't worry about, some people, are, they're so worried about, oh, it needs to be stealthy and all this stuff. Yeah. If you're going to live full-time in a vehicle, you, you don't worry about all that, because you, you just need to be... You need to be at peace with your vehicle and yourself. You're doing what you're doing. I don't try to hide it. Right. It is what you it is. I mean, how do you hide this thing? You don't. You, <laughs> right, can't, right. you can't hide it. Right. It's not like a. So you get, you have to learn how to find. You got to learn how to find places, and and one my my little trick is after doing it for so many years is and and you know, 
it's trial and error. You get caught. You get in trouble. You get, you know, you have security. A lot of these parking lots have security to come at night. People think, oh, you can just go to any Walmart. You can't do that anymore. Right. Uh, certain ones have security that will kick you out. So uh, my little trick is um, when you come in the area, like I, I stay in areas for long, long periods of time because I don't have a lot of money to drive all over the country. Right. So I stay in this general area. This is my Huntington Beach home. And, um, you, you know, you're just every day when you're out and about, I'm always looking for places that could be a place to stay at, to park. Right. I always keep my eyes looking all the time. Even, let's say you even are traveling across the country. Are you guys going right. to travel all yeah, across the country? Yeah, but staying in places always, for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So always, always keep your eye trained and practice on f finding places where you could go and keep it always in mind. Like I, what I do is I usually look for... I, I don't ever stay on the street because the street own, is owned by the cops and the cops have all the city laws against you. Right. What a lot of people don't know right now, they banned RVs staying on the street in Huntington Beach. If you mm. don't know that, you come in, you get a ticket. Right. Now they'll come and they'll maybe they'll, maybe they'll knock on the door and that. But when you're doing it and you're staying in the same area for a while, you, you don't want to be on the radar. You don't right. want them knowing, uh, you know. So what, I always stay in parking lots. But what I do is I look for older buildings, older properties that they don't want to spend money on security. The newer ones, they do. Mm. So I look for older places. And then you come in late and get out early. And then what you do, you always look for, like, there's seven days in a week. So you look for at least seven places if you're going to stay in the area. Right. And you mix them all up. Don't just keep staying in the same right, place all the time. Yeah. Now, there's times I, I do, and, and then you, you learn. You learn what happens to you. I've done it many times. <laughs> Sometimes you get tired of moving around, and so you, yeah. you'll stay. You get comfortable, you know, and then yeah. pretty soon, after a period of time, sure enough, someone's complaining. It's either neighbors, it's right. uh, somebody, the property owner, someone. Right. Yeah, that's the beauty but, of the BLM land out west anywhere. Yeah. Right? And you just go out and you can hang out. Yeah, for a yeah. Weeks. So and this is yeah. yeah. So down. this that's is city really stuff. But even yeah. uh, you know, I just came back from Montana. We flew up and uh, we rented a car and we did a road trip and we stayed in motels. But when I went to Yellowstone National Park, here they are. You know, you're way up there, right? And you're yeah. thinking you're out here. You can do whatever you want. No, there's a sign right there. No parking yeah. overnight. That you was our my permit. wife and I. It was Yellowstone was this, that patch because everything in between too. It was yeah, yeah. Watching it. So yeah, the, you, you know, think, oh, it's all wild. Yeah, no, there. no matter where you go, there's gonna be. There's just the way it is nowadays. But you're glad rules. you're doing what you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know, I. I I don't have any... What happens, I hit hard times and I had to do it for survival, but I've done it so long now, I'm used to it. I like it. Right. I mean, because I, I don't have... I, I, I make my money online, but it's I don't make a lot, but I'm able to live cheap and survive because right. I don't pay no rent, no mortgage. It's a lot you of know? people just hustling for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah How yeah. much of your entire life is just going to pay for where you're living every day, you know? You know, when, when you don't have that stress... Uh, man, the freedom thing, the freedom. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're being your, your own boss, right? You're trying to be an entrepreneur. And it's definitely not easy because you I don't... stress on yourself. Yeah, you have all this pressure you got to put on yourself uh, to, you, you know, you got to make things happen. You can either be very lazy and then not get anything done or, you know, you got to keep that pressure on yourself. And I don't have all the resources. I don't have the money and everything. So I don't have like all the solar, so I don't have enough power resources and stuff. So I gotta go to Starbucks, I gotta right. go places, I gotta charge things up and stuff like Electricity that. Electricity is a thing. 
Yeah. Especially with working on the computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I go into Starbucks. I go into, you know, you, you start finding you know, all these different places you can go to. Right. But then you also have to have the place that has the, the internet and the power, but also has a parking lot where you can park these things. Right, you can't some, some of these in. places, the security is really, yeah, really on you. Yeah, here. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. You're on the, in the city, in the so city. So many people out here, yeah. So, yeah, I, I spend most of my time in the city, but, uh, man, I wanted to get out there to uh, Joshua Tree National Park, but now it's starting to get hot over there. Yeah. It's going to be hot yeah. soon. It's starting to warm up. Thank you so much. Appreciate no it. Yeah, yeah, nice to nice meet you. Good to see you. Stacy, just got to see this. So that was an interview with a couple of our friends that we've met along the way. And I just want to encourage you, if you are feeling like you don't have community, please don't lose hope. The community is out there. You can find it. We have loved the people that we have met on the road. They've been complete surprises to us sometimes. When you are living graciously, people find you and and you find people. And it's just been, it's been so uplifting for us to find these little pieces of community in areas that are completely foreign and new to us. Don't give up hope. If you do find yourself in a, in a, in a lonely journey at this spot, it's there. And I hope you find it peace upon peace, friends. Hey there, friends. In our travels across the U.S., we have found a website that we absolutely love. It's called Harvest House. Could you imagine camping overnight in a vineyard, distillery, brewery, or a golf course all to yourself? We've been doing it, and it is absolutely magical. If you go to our website, protectyournoggin.org, you'll find a link where you can sign up and get 15% discount on the annual fee. We think it'll put a smile on your face, and you can help support the podcast at the same time. All you need is an RV or camper with a toilet and cooking facilities, and you can stay all around the country for free. We hope you dig it as much as we do. Check it out. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us for this episode of the Protect Your Noggin podcast. You want to join in on the conversation? We'd love to respond to your questions or comments on a future show. You can record a message by going to protectyournoggin.org and clicking on the blue voice message button. And don't worry about getting it perfect since you'll have five minutes and a chance to preview your message before sending. You can also send an email if you're not comfortable with leaving a voice message. Please also follow us on Twitter at the PYNP and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends. But he said there wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? That's because you found this letter low too much.